Who's an anonymous manatee? I, I want to know. All I see is anonymous moose and Anne. <laughs> I see anonymous manatee and Anne. It must. Well, are we so all? Aaron, it must be you. I guess I'm a manatee. Cool. That's so stupid. Mm-hmm. I'm signed in as me. The top right of the Google Drive. Oh. Oh. It's when a, did this all this it's shit a, happen? It's a Ooh. corpulent manatee. Mm-hmm. Mike, you must be anonymous got... iguana. Yeah, there's an iguana. Who's the moose then, Bobby? Well, I don't show up for me, so yeah. I, I don't see the iguana. Uh, regal, well-built Canadian. Of course I'm the moose. <laughs> <laughs> Calling someone a, a manatee is not nice. Mm-hmm. That's not nice at all. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the podcast inspired by a podcast that's too beautiful to live. From the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Anne Lundholm. This is a Monday recap episode where we try to remember if anything interesting happened during the previous week of TBTL, all the while crossing our fingers that the power will stay on for the entire recording. Joining me today, my Midwest neighbor from Home Sweet Money Pit Studios in the North Rosedale neighborhood of Detroit, Michigan, it's Meredith, the MVH Van Harn. Good morning, Meredith. Good morning, Anne. How are you? I am good. Did you get your business all taken care of? Uh, we'll see. They may come back with, <laughs> okay. uh, with some more needs. Mm-hmm. From Mayfair Lane Studios in the Allentown neighborhood of Buffalo, New York, it's Bargain Bobby Pape. Good morning, Bobby. Four pounds, huh? Well, that's all I can get at this short notice. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And finally, from Deerblind Studios in the Mountain Room at the Ranch in Manshack, Texas, it's the veteran podcaster, Mike Frizzell. Thank you for your service, Mike. The, the money's on the dresser. Yeah, just <laughs> grab it. We'll see you next Sunday. Yeah, bring yeah, bring the, the whole case. Um, oh, sorry, we're, are we... Oh, man, we should have started a little later. I was just taking care of a little business over here. Mm -hmm. Okay, like 30 seconds later. Uh, See you next time. Bye. Damn. Uh, As always, we're going to take care of some LRV business, bring you the weekend review, clean some house, and then let you know how you can get involved with the show. Let's start off with the business. Bobby. (laughs) I think it's funny that Mike only needed another 30 seconds or so. I had my mic off for the real good stuff. We are having a picnic, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, well-behaved dogs, I assume, because it's at a park. Friday, July 26th at 5-ish p.m. at Richmond Beach Park in Shoreline, still parenthetically noted as just north of Seattle on the Puget Sound. Come join us at a shelter that Ann and I detailed in great detail last week on the second Mm -hmm. recording of the recap. Uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, we'll come up with some potluck rules sooner or later. Um, 
I'm sure that alcohol is not legally permitted and we'll do it anyway. Um, it'll be great. Uh, Facebook event to come soon, but for now, save the date Friday, July 26th. Be there. We will be. We hope you will be as well. Bobby, aren't we going to hash out some details on, on our Monday, on uh, the Friday show, the final Friday show? Yeah, sure. That sounds right. That sounds like yeah, something we'd do, we do on a final Friday show. Why not? <laughs> We've seen some pictures of it. Jeremy went and stalked it, but apparently there was a five-year-old child's birthday party going on, so he didn't want to get too close. Mm. That's smart. Yeah. yeah. It's not like, a, like going to the library during kids' hour. I assume it was a five-year-old child's birthday party because there was a giant Mylar balloon in the shape of a five. So I could be wrong. You're such a sleuth. If, if he had just put on a shirt, they would have let him stay a little longer. But <laughs> I'm really sick of Megan's Law getting in the way of content for this show. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, creeping on semi-public events, Mike went to a Jubilee. Yeah, what? Uh <laughs> Oh, all of this got lost last week when you <laughs> talked about it, Mike. And the lost recap. Yeah, um, I was really disappointed last week because there is a there was a jubilee uh, fixing to happen. Um, this <laughs> this tollway, which is connecting to uh, major thoroughfares around our neighborhood, that's going to make life a lot easier for uh, both the people whose neighborhood we cut through. And those of us who cut through their neighborhood, great. Um, this it's I I forty five. You know, brand new, brand new tollway, and we we've been excited about it for a while. Ever since we moved in, they've been kind of putting the finishing touches on it, and now um, you know they they were supposed to be the jubilee was supposed to be last week, but it got canceled. I was really disappointed. Um, I think they thought it was going to rain or be too hot or whatever, but it's May in Texas, so it's almost always both of those things. Um, weather cooperated. It was rescheduled for, for yesterday. Uh, Emily was excited to go as well. Um, I, I, I got in a little trouble right off the bat and I didn't even find out why I was in trouble until, until the event was just about over. Uh, we, we'd had the, you know, we had talked earlier in the morning and and she said uh, t minus two hours to you know jubilee or whatever and i was like twelve thirty. it was the, the the event was like from twelve thirty to you know the break of three or four in the afternoon something like that so well you guys have dinner reservations right <laughs> we gotta we gotta get over to kirby lane um anyway so uh i just figured we'd make it within that window and that'd be that'd be fine but uh, Emily wanted to be there first, but I didn't know why, but she was kind of mad when I said, oh, well, I'm not going to be ready for like another half hour or so. Uh, so I got ready where things are a little frosty between us. I'm not sure why. But I found out later it was because she wanted the T-shirt. And, you know, it's like going to a ball game or whatever. When you go to a Jubilee, they've only made so many, you know, giveaway T-shirts. For the uh, for the I forty five tollway opening, limited edition jubilance. So we missed uh, on the t shirts. There were other oh, giveaway items. No, there were umbrellas. There, you know, there's plenty of stuff. But she didn't want that stuff. She wanted the t shirt. So I found out later why I should have felt bad about not being there at twelve thirty. The the jubilee itself, delightful. Um, they they the the 
the new tollway is lovely. All the landscaping is filling in. There, it's 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 great. It's going to make our lives easier. Um, they had uh, they had shuttles taking us from our cars down to the where they had they hey, dude. This is Austin, so of course there was a band. Um, and and there were there were hot dogs, hamburgers. I had a grilled cheese um, at an appropriate hour, unlike Meredith who eats them <laughs> godly early in the morning. <laughs> Yep. Um, I'm surprised that you would have uh, time restrictions on a cheese sandwich cooked in butter. Yeah. Uh, I I think if someone woke me up in the middle of the night and gave me a grilled cheese sandwich, I probably would eat it. So I'm being, yeah, I'm being unfairly mean about that. Just try to eat more morning cheeses is all I have to say. What's a morning cheese? Um, a morning cheese is like a, a cottage cheese with, with fruit. Mm-hmm. Or uh, also morning cheese is like a cheddar mixed in with your eggs or an American on top of, uh, you know, a, a carefully assembled uh, uh, egg McMuffin. Okay. Or so. it's the cheese that you eat when you are um, grieving the loss of your dignity. <laughs> I don't know. Or you know, it's this... after midnight. Right. And that's officially morning cheese. What I essentially had for breakfast was toast with cheese, right? I don't see the crime here. No, no. neither do I. Oh, wow. I. It sounds delicious. Did you have to prepare it? Yeah, but I wanted to because I have a special way that makes it better. Uh, mayonnaise? Oh, I see. No, not mayonnaise. Um, I grill both sides of the bread before. Yeah. Um, so I do one mm-hmm. side, flip it over, put the cheese on the melty. It gets melty and it's already crisp. So it stays crispy um, throughout. It doesn't get mushy at all. I've never tried the mayonnaise thing. I've heard that's great. Yeah. I'm I'm down with all this. Uh so Emily Emily uh I, I sit with some nice people, have nice conversation, talk with somebody who worked on the project and blah blah blah. Anyway, the things you do when you're an old and you go to the, you know, totally opening Jubilee. Emily <laughs> wanders around, you know, checks out checks out all the all the sites, all the things there is to to see that they've they've got out there there's dozens and dozens of tents and hundreds of people are out there uh it's been a long time in the making so um bobby yes sir you you didn't get me really in any trouble but i have been answering for your shenanigans (laughs) um (laughs) that sounds about right because uh, you went ahead and checked out the uh, the Facebook announcement, and I don't know if you checked that you were going, but you definitely got on there and started asking questions like, "Will there be autograph sessions?" I don't know who are we're, we're supposed to get the engineer, the, or, the uh, designers, the construction workers. I don't know. A lot of talent goes into putting something like this together. Okay, okay. Well, we did more more of selfies. It, the autographs are really kind of over with now. Sure. It's just like. All right. Me and Mike McCauley and some construction workers out there taking selfies. <clears throat> um, anyway, so so Bobby gets on there. I don't know if you did did uh, much more than that. And then this other post about um, are there any deals on hotels or something near the Jubilee? Well, yeah, because it's <laughs> it's pretty far outside the city. And if you're going to come and make a day of it, I thought there'd be like a wedding block situation at the the okay. Hampton Inn or. You know, well, this 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 wasn't really this stuff wasn't flying with Emily very well, um, uh, but it, it, 
it would probably already be water under the tollway if um if you hadn't engaged who the person who's widely acknowledged to be the weirdest person in our neighborhood <laughs> this guy this guy has got this guy's house it's the weirdest house in our neighborhood. i mean it's not the weirdest house it's the most out of place house and uh and and ever since we moved in until recently from the time we moved in until recently his house was for sale and um, and emily looked it up and you know that his house if you you know just looked at it and you know where you are around town you just say maybe that's a 354 400,000 house give or take a little bit he he had on the market for like $760,000 so it was one of those like I'm not selling my house, but I have to say I'm selling my house things. You know what I mean? Meanwhile, his grass has grown up to his roof line. You know, <laughs> this is the guy that Bobby engaged looking and, and the guy offers him an Airbnb, right. which are like, Oh no, I, he's got like uh tents in his backyard or something. This guy is just widely known to be the weirdest of the weirdos. And the worst part about this guy and how you know he's a freak is every time he said Airbnb, he spelled out the and. <laughs> yep. <laughs> mm, red flag. Freak. It gets better. So he commented on I my, hope so, because it's not good right here, right now, Bobby. It's not good, I'll tell you. <laughs> he commented on my post where I just simply wrote, are there any group rates available for any nearby hotels? And he wrote two days ago, I may have room open in my Airbnb around the corner. And then mm-hmm. a day later, one day ago, he posted a link to a Facebook event. He created 45 Mopac extension Jubilee party after party. You, oh, you activated no. a Kramer. <laughs> and, and it says open house for lease. So he threw an after party to encourage people to come to his open house. Yeah, and to go on his weird guy reality tour, um, his his no, profile photo there's more is freaky as well. Go ahead, go there's ahead, more. We'll there's get more. To the photo. It's hosted by not him, but by the Mysterium Eco Village and University. Well, of course. What's that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, his alma mater. Uh, he's posted a business plan. He's only got two posts. One is the business plan, and one is the after party. It's it's a it's a whole organization built around renting out this house. I think. Well, the neighborhood is really appreciative, Bobby, of <laughs> of your 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 efforts to make this guy even fucking crazier and more <laughs> presence. So his picture, if you're doing an Air B and B, I think you either want a picture of yourself, you know, because that legitimizes it. Like you're not afraid to show your face, or you know, of some pets or some vacation or something this guy it's a picture of him but his face is cut out and he's in like a baseball undershirt with that has the sleeves cut off so it is it's a picture of his torso it is a it's a torso pick torso a clothed torso pick yeah but with the sleeves cut off so the implication is you know he's he's down down for what well, when he when you rent his house, he's going to stay at the YMCA. Let's just say that <laughs> he's not worried about going to the YMCA for a, for a few nights while he makes some money off you. Now, I did not um, 
I did not ask him. Like, I didn't interact with him. He he just played off what I wrote. I didn't egg him on anymore after that. He did also message me oh, to, no. tell, to tell me about the Airbnb. But because we're not friends, it got filtered, and I just ignored it. That picture, okay, Bobby just put that picture of the torso in, in Slack. That is a PG-rated grinder profile picture. That's what that is. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Oh, now that I've seen it up close, though, it's hemmed. The sleeves are not just cut. No, they're not. Right. I mean, no, there's nothing they're, wrong they're with not. it, but it's it's the it's not the right place for that. Not your Airbnb profile. <laughs> right. It just yeah. I just I got caught up in the moment. I just got really excited. I, I, how often do you hear about a jubilee? Well, you'll never hear one uh, about one from me again. That's for sure. You know, Mike, do you remember many, many years ago, there was a diner uh, just south of Providence that Sam and I the went hot to, dog. and I posted a picture, or maybe I just sent it to the chat, of um, the fact that they had 86 hot dogs. They were out of hot dogs. Uh, they had out of hot dogs. And a contingent of people that we know went on to bombard that group's Facebook page asking why they were out of hot dogs, what happened to the hot dogs, yeah. <laughs> why were hot dogs 86 This became a thing for weeks, and it got to the point where the people on that page were like, first they were laughing along, and then they were asking us to stop posting on their page about Aww. hot dogs. Well, I feel bad for you, Bobby, except you don't live with those people. <laughs> All right. You could you All could right. not go to their hot dog place mm -hmm. tomorrow. I have to keep uh, hanging out here. <laughs> well, next time I come to visit, at least I know where I can stay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've yeah. got a friend not in the Airbnb business. <laughs> yeah, sweep aside the the tall grass and deer ticks and, and walk on over to our house for a visit. I'm checking eBay. I don't see an I-45 Jubilee t-shirt yet, but I'll keep my eyes peeled for Emily. Yeah, I, gotta, uh, I bet the I markup is going to be insane. Yeah. I know. I know. Did she see any of the t-shirts or could we just make one and she wouldn't know the difference? You know what? I didn't notice about the t-shirts because I don't have sunglasses and I was pretty much blinded by the midday sun the whole time I was there. So I didn't get a good look at the t-shirts, but... Um, I gather from her uh, pretty rampant disappointment in our lateness that uh, that she did see the T-shirts okay. and it is something she was interested in in having, but um, but we all face the dilemma of the sizes of giveaway T-shirts, like you know a lot of times you, if you skimp on your jubilee, you just give us uh, seven hundred mediums mm -hmm. and then you go to the jubilee and right. there's like four people that can wear the T-shirt, you know. So who knows? Who knows? I mean, uh, it's something time hopefully will will heal some wounds here. But um, right now, uh, the mountain room, mm, pretty much a doghouse. Don't need to turn the air conditioner on today. Is that what mm -hmm. you're saying? Mm. Nope. Pretty frosty. <laughs> on to a uh, more heartwarming uh, bit of LRB business. What what's more heartwarming than a jubilee? <laughs> Meredith has uh, babies and kittens in her update. Yes, um, I winner. Do. 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> I got grinder dudes. <laughs> I wanted to give a quick update on my niece, Olivia. She um, She's the one who was born very, very prematurely uh, around the same time that, the, that I found those kittens. So I f- kind of forgot... Uh, or at the same time I got my kitten. So uh, she she blended into the background a little too much, and I feel really terrible about that. So I saw her on Mother's Day, and she is doing amazingly well. She has no um, developmental deficits at all, even though she was born so, so premature. Um, she still has a cleft uh, soft palate, so the back of her throat um, is going to need surgery, but not until she's about a year. Um, and that's really the only thing that um the only consequence of this prematurity and it's a pretty what, simple what, surgery. what do they do there do they put something in in there do they i mean you know i'm the... not sure i don't know what they're going to do i would imagine they would put maybe some uh some sort of mesh to like bridge the t- where the tissue needs to grow i'm not sure mm-hmm. um but that's a good question so she but she's doing great um she's uh, babbling a lot. She has a huge smile, covers like half her face, and she loves to to look at her brother. So Victor is her hero, and he Aww. takes such good care of her, and he plays with her. He picks her up over his head, and, you know, just from basically from a lying down position. Anything above that would make all of us probably scream let's <laughs> put her down but he he he's really sweet about it he's really and she loves him they play together and and she breaks out in a huge smile every time she sees him so i just wanted to give a quick update she's doing really really well and we have to talk about kittens of course um the two kittens that my brother and sister are adopting have gone home with them my sister has the little black and white one and his name is oscar and uh, my brother took the light orange one, and they have not come up with a name for him. Um, my brother has a pretty bad history of naming cats. He had, he had a Siamese. Re- uh, the, the reason they wanted a kitten is because the Siamese um, passed away recently. He was 21 years old. Wow. Um, yeah. And his name was Dirty, which oh, is just no. the worst. Because hmm. he was, a, you know, Siamese. But my brother was a dirtbag when he first got dirty, and he was so he was actually literally always dirty. Uh, was um, was the cat was was dirty uh, an aggressive or frustrating cat because it was both old and dirty? So I'm wondering if we can go three for three on this name. He wasn't much oh. of a bastard, Damn. unfortunately. I know it's really dis- disappointing. He was noisy, like all Siamese are. Um, but towards the end, he was blind and deaf, so he would just walk around just yowling <laughs> at nothing <laughs> all the time. So he, it was sort of sort of bastardly behavior, I guess. But uh, they they are having they seem to be having a great time with the new kitten. Olivia loves it. Victor loves it. They have a cat already named Jeff. <laughs> Victor named. So I don't have high hopes for this one. <laughs> I I don't know. That's better than like when you go with a Professor Poopy Pants direction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where he's got seventeen different names. I'd rather just be a just a name mm-hmm. you know i like per- we gave percy about 15 different names but he's percy right mm-hmm. you know so that's the that's the cute baby kitten update well meredith when do you think from now on i mean you've really gotten to the point i mean you're almost reaching your dream of becoming your own animal facility yeah. or whatever i mean cuz when when we first met you that was your that was your dream was to just have a giant, um, a giant yard and just take in every animal yep. that you could. Yep. So what happens now when 
when like your family hears that you're you're coming into another litter of kittens, do you think they just brace themselves? They're just like, <laughs> oh shit, you know, in seven to nine weeks we're gonna have an, another one. I've, I've got a spreadsheet of my family members who have not of taken a kitten from me yet, so <laughs> of you do. I will be marketing them hard, but targeted God, towards just those family ones. members. Yeah, so far. But the real money, the real money is when you can get somebody into your downline somebody yes. else to right. sell kittens for you sure i'm afraid this is uh, this is uh my wife's future yeah um i've been talking to her about having a kitten party at your house so oh no yeah oh. <laughs> i will i will stamp them up as fast as i can stamp, stamp, stamp. no yeah i mean i don't know this was this was incidental and i didn't i didn't really mean to become like the the kitten rescue person now people are tagging me on facebook of like i've got this kitten who isn't doing well what do i do and i'm like ah, uh-huh. go to the vet i don't know uh-huh. <laughs> i don't know anything about this no no meredith you could definitely grow into this role of of uh of rescue lady i mean mm-hmm. you just have to embrace your inner smugness true and, and True. I would love just that. Authoritative really out of out of no no real basis. Yeah, I have no real education. I've never seen right, this cat right. in my life, but let me tell you what you need to do. The only That's confusion why. is that Subarus are usually reserved for the dog rescue women and you're gonna well, be the cat rescue woman. Yeah. Well, I could do both I think I could handle both. I mean I've got the hatchback. The cat rescue is usually like a Ford tempo with a lot of stuffed animals in the true, rear window. True, true. Yeah. You know, I don't think you want that. No, but there is a severe, you know, I've talked about that too. That's the dog, stray dog problem in Detroit. So, you know, next time Mm -hmm. I see one, maybe I'll just pop the hatch, throw a few treats his way. Get Get him. Yep. Probably get bit. And then six weeks from that time, that dog will be in our backyard here in in Mansion. Yep. God damn it. God damn you. (laughs) In advance. Um, for just eighteen ninety nine, you could have animal handling gloves, Kevlar reinforced on Amazon. Uh, Jesus, ooh, what kind of animals are you handling? <laughs> well, I mean, Detroit you have dogs. a kitten, right? <laughs> not not willing ones. It sounds like. Yeah. I just uh, I don't need Kevlar with any of the animals I have here so far. In case anybody's looking for a gift for uh, for Meredith. Oh Lord. Just some big Kevlar goalie gloves. She's just picking up animals all over her property. I mean, for a, for a new kitten owner, that's not a bad idea. Kittens are just razor blades. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, true, true. Thank you for the adorable baby and mm-hmm. cats update. Um, I didn't put it in here, but I'll mention that since I think it got lost in the cutting room floor last week um, or in the ether of podcasts never to be edited, um, I was in St. Louis recently to visit my godsons. Ari just got baptized, and Charlie just had his second birthday. And I'm trying to respect the fact that these are not my children, so I have lots of adorable pictures I'm not going to post on Facebook, but I'm happy to send them to you if you would like to see them. So I got my dose of playing Uncle Bobby, and it was a great reminder that I love not having kids. <laughs> mm. I love Charlie and Ari, and I'm happy to play with them. And uh, and uh, then hand them off for all the real responsibility back to their loving parents. So that was great. Uh, we've got some throw your phones for this week. We've got several in the general category, uh, starting with listener and brother of Anne Matt. 
uh, Meredith had a good point that, Anne, you should read Matt's Throw Your Phone. All right. <clears throat> Matt says, My stoned mind was not prepared for the emotional roller coaster that was Anne's retelling of the heartbreaking near recovery of her audacity data. I'm sorry for your loss. However, in light of your one-year-old discussion of cleaning habits, I thought listeners might be interested to know that Anne's littlest brother currently has 9,170 unread emails in his personal inbox. Uh... At me all you want. I also don't use Twitter, but feel free to take your chances with emailing me. And he says, P.S. Hey, Christy, thanks for the sticker. She did send him a sticker, which is (laughs) very sweet. Um, Matthew Charles Peterson 9,170 emails? That's uh, amazing. What are you doing with your time? I'm going to offer a defense of your brother. Uh, I I get in trouble for um, unopened texts. Uh, When Emily will get a hold of my phone and she'll, like, I'll say I didn't get that text and she won't believe me or whatever. And she'll look and she'll see I didn't get it because I don't lie about that stuff. (laughs) And then she'll see that I have, you know, essentially half a million unread texts but the the thing about it is every single one of those texts uh can be read in the preview so i saw it you know what i mean they were just texts that i didn't answer so it's not unread uh, i hope i hope uh i hope i hope this is a valid defense of at least some of these emails for matt that that there's a preview and that he saw it and took care of whatever he needed to do or saw it was something he didn't need to take care of. So I think people get a little worked up about these things sometimes without knowing all the facts. Don't you get red badge anxiety though? I can't have oh, I can't unread emails showing up on my no. phone. Well, I, I, I think that's, I think that's, I think I don't, but Emily does. So when she sees it, that I have it, it gives her like anxiety by proxy when like, I ain't worried about it. I will click on a text that says okay just to make it go away. Oh no. Like, yeah, I know I what it says, <laughs> but I can't handle it. It's just sitting there. Yeah. See, that's just the difference. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't bother me, bothers you, but there there's been no breakdown in communication, which I think is the key. There's no like there are nine thousand what was it, nine thousand one hundred and seventy people out there going, Matt, what the fuck? <laughs> Who's this guy think he is? 423 of those are mine. Fuck that guy. I'm never emailing him again. Well, maybe one more time. Maybe he'll answer this. Well, the difference between the listeners and us is that we have Matt's email address, so (laughs) (laughs) we can start sending those messages. Also, the difference between Matt and and myself, Matt and me, sorry, I I hate when I screw that up, Matt and me and the rest of y'all is... We're high and you're not, so we don't care. Good point. Uh, Can't argue with that. Uh, but before we do more, throw your phones. I want to just throw to um, Andrea Ballard sent me a Facebook message after our last recap and the one that you and I uh, rescued from mm-hmm. the ashes. And uh, related to Matt's message, she just wrote to me out of the blue and said, when Ed said, quote, don't at me on the recap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. And I I noted that that was priceless. And she said, I'm glad you picked up on that. I died. She's so adorable when she gets worked up. (laughs) 
don't worry. If if Anne's at the point where she says, don't at me, it, don't even worry if it's not possible. Just know yeah. that, that Just you shouldn't do it. even try. Don't, don't, don't even think about it. That is code no. for I do not need your opinion. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know that it's code. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not yeah, code. it's pretty explicit. <laughs> Um, does, did somebody who watched Game of Thrones want to read the next one? I have no idea what it's talking about. Well, I, I just, either. I was just thinking, um, are we going to talk more about Game of Thrones a little bit? Because uh, we have a segment for it. Should we save sure. Breeze through your phone for that? Yeah, sure. let me let's, move it. Let's save that. So, uh, who wants to read a hug from Sam? I'll take it. Uh, hugging my phone from Sam. Um, after last week's long journey of enragement, uh, it feels great to be fully in step with the guys regarding the attractive, attractiveness of Idris Elba and his vest-wearing potential. This is hashtag content I can get behind. I think the the uh, Idris Elba in the vest is an example of a guy who's Idris Elba. You know, I can't wear a vest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not working for me. Idris Elba, yeah. Idris Elba with a, with a bow tie and a clown nose is Idris Elba. So let's not let's not get too excited about the best part well, of of of, uh, of this equation. But what about Dateline NBC's Vester Holt? Oh god. Oh yeah, he does he really <laughs> has that thing tailored to within an inch of its life, doesn't he? Like if he, if 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 he gave Lister Holt gained a pound, the buttons would just fly off of his vest. <laughs> You don't think he's got just an array of vests lined up in wardrobe? That's the 191 vest, and that's the 193 right, vest. Right. <laughs> right. I'm 192.3 today. Where, where are we at here? It's just there's like a gradient in the closet. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. He can afford that. I can get behind a man in a vest. It's a look that I like. Luke was saying it makes him think of a dealer at a casino but i think that's indicative of where luke spends his time Mm -hmm. been been seeing his vests well if if you said that uh if they were an indicative of a uh stripper then we would know where you were spending your time as well (laughs) you know that's where a lot of vests happen as well oh my goodness you know what lady strippers or man strippers i don't know that i've ever seen a lady stripper in a vest i i think i would have paid her five dollars oh, to get it off sure. immediately so like the chippendale look kind of thing yeah right. yeah and i've given her something else to wear yeah how many how many good. man strippers have you been to i was in college it was, there were a couple in my fraternity for sure oh um shocker and yes they had vests they had bow ties they had and i had no idea they were gay at the time. <laughs> <laughs> did not know didn't take me too long after college, you know. I just had to get out in the world a little bit. And go, oh yeah, those guys, my friend. Yeah, okay. No, I think vests work on really ripped, skinny guys, and they work on really fat guys because, like, the three-piece suit with the vest—it's like a containment tool. And I get it. <laughs> okay, I get it. I've been there. Uh, yeah, but you can't—you can't be in the middle. It's kind of all or nothing on the vest. Right. If you're just a little bit sloppy. Yeah. Vest isn't. You know, if you're carrying an extra ten. It's not doing you any favors. Yeah, and you do kind of look like, oh, well, this guy. Hey, can we get some drinks over here? I'm sorry. I just have a vest on. I don't work here. Oh, is that like wearing a red shirt when you go to Target? Yes. Yes. That's really stupid. If you wear a bow tie and a vest to a wedding reception and then find out the waiters are wearing the same color vest and bow tie, you're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Might as well start serving. (laughs) Yeah, just join. Yeah. Yeah. 
from going to this wedding. I that server's well drinking a lot. Take some tips. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps handing out drinks, but he keeps one for himself. Guys, I got fired fun. today from my new job. <laughs> Uh, listener Ross, a small note on 2907, probably only noticed by Mike. Hmm. We uh, we addressed that in following Thanks, Ross. emails. The th- I'll take it as a compliment. The third K is not backwards to avoid spelling KKK. <laughs> the direction of the K only denotes swinging versus Yeesh. looking. There should be a segment called Liking Sports Isn't a Personality, but if you think it is, <laughs> at least get the basics right. <laughs> Yes, th- this was a comment on Luke's assertion that on baseball games, they make the third K on the strikeout backwards so that they won't say KKK in the it's... stadium. So in his world, there's an awkward moment when Felix Hernandez strikes out the third batter of the game, but he strikes them out swinging where they have to make a decision to turn the K the wrong way to avoid offending the crowd is this is this what Luke thinks happens at the mm-hmm. game? Because if if that really happens at the Seattle Mariners baseball game, I might I might just off myself, you know, because <laughs> I'm not someone who rants against political correctness or you know triggering or whatever. Like uh, that third K isn't going to kill anyone until he strikes out the next guy. Come on now. Well, I mean, so a couple of things. Pretty sure Ross is a Red Sox fan, so. Acts of overt racism probably aren't going to phase him in a ballpark. <laughs> oh, I met Ross. Didn't I meet Ross? <laughs> yeah. Uh, a yeah. lot of us have met Ross, including me and Anne, at a Minnesota Twins game, which is why we were so offended oh. <laughs> that he would think that only Oh, he and Anne was probably there going, what, are this, what is this cricket going on here? What's, what's this game? I don't understand. Yeah, I don't get it. Are they trying to hit the ball or catch the ball? Ross, I appreciate I appreciate the compliment. I I do I do know a lot about sports, more than most, not as much as some, but uh, but this is a big bucket here of of people that that like baseball. He, so, he did apologize. Not, not Meredith, not Christy, but um, I think Christy knew about the backwards K too, yeah. though. Even I, I believe there was an apology in that email thread. I'll go on the record too of saying that I like going to baseball games. I just don't know anything about it. Oh, I'm not anti baseball. Yeah, I beer and sunshine. I would love going to baseball games too. I mean, it's great. <laughs> yeah, you know. it's, it's, uh, I don't have to give a shit about the teams. Um, maybe one of the conventionally literate ladies on the podcast would like to read Andrea's email. Ooh, can I do it? <laughs> mm. Please. I don't know. Can you? Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh God! <laughs> hang up. Where's the hang up button on this? <laughs> you want me to kick him out of? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Andrea says, 2906, why does Luke keep referring to women as, quote, conventionally attractive, unquote? Why can't he just say attractive or beautiful? Is this his way of claiming he personally doesn't find the person attractive, but others might? I don't get it. Maybe it's in response to something that happened a while ago that I missed. I don't think so, Andrea. I think this is his weird attempt at, like, being slightly sensitive, Mm-hmm. That's how it comes off to me. And, and, and I wanted yeah. to talk about this because I noted in th- this week that he said he called women female people several times. <laughs> yeah, and he did it in two variations, uh, both the plural and the singular. He said female person as well. Yes, yes. Because it's, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think it's offensive to call women women, right? 
Right. The only time that you might not is if you're talking specifically about a reproductive issue. Yes. Where you might say women and people with uteruses. Sure. But that's not what he was doing. No. He wasn't doing this to be inclusive, I don't think. I, yes, I think he was trying to separate himself from the majority of Neanderthal men who were just like, mm, she's don't you hot. Mean Neanderthal? Oh, don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, such a weird thing to do. So I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Bobby, what's your take? My take is that I think, I think that he is trying to separate it out from being his personal opinion. I think that in a, in a lizard part of his brain, he's wanting to say, I'm not ogling this woman. I'm not saying that this woman is hot or not hot in my personal opinion. I'm saying that of a hundred men surveyed, a majority of them would say that that is an attractive woman. I don't, I'm not defending the way he's saying it at all. Yeah. But I think he's trying to say it's not a, it's not a personal judgment. It's a general judgment, which is funny because the irony is it's a personal judgment. Right. It's always <laughs> a personal judgment. Yeah. Well, and the thing I wonder is why is this such an important piece of information to convey? Why yes. is it necessary mm-hmm. to the story that he's telling to remark upon whether a yeah. female person is attractive or not? Because as we noted, he doesn't do it for men. Right. Yeah, that was going to be my next point. He doesn't say, he doesn't call them conventionally attractive men usually, and he doesn't call them male people. Mm-hmm. I think it, it, I think he's trying to come from a good place. Yes, I'll, yeah, I'll I agree. I'll give him credit for that. But you're a straight male. If you're attracted to someone and you find them attractive, you think they're attractive, it's okay to say that if it's relevant. But if it's not, if it's not relevant and then you end up saying it, at least say, at least acknowledge that, but that's not relevant. I, I'm sorry, I even said it. You know what I mean? If you're really apologetic about about it, be apologetic about it, and then don't do it again. Yeah, right. There are a lot of people who will discuss women and throw in their perceived level of attractiveness as if it relates to their worth. And I think that's kind of what mm-hmm. squicks me out of it about it. Yes, I would say that my suggestion to Luke would be when he's about to tell a story that involves commenting on a woman's physical appearance, he maybe should pause and think if this is a story he really needs to tell. Yeah. And if he does, and that is an important component of it, at that point, he just needs to own it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. And stop saying female people because <laughs> there's no justifying that. Yeah, that's weird. He says it like... And, the, you know, it was a female reporter. I don't even remember what the story was, but I remember that specific instance. And I'm like, why does that matter in any way? And why do you have to say female anyway? Because female is a really clinical term. Yeah. It's an adjective. And pe- at least he's not saying female as a noun, because that is my biggest. <laughs> yes, I hate that Grape. too. But yeah. it, it feels very um, dehumanizing to me. When you're saying, you know, a female, whatever, mm-hmm. it makes me feel like a specimen and not a person. I think it's because it's other from him. You know, I think, right. I think um, right. pe- like white people do that. They, they would never say it was a white guy, right? If they were just casually talking about somebody, but they would mention it if it was a black guy. That happens all the time. A lot of code. Mm-hmm. 
Can we add conventionally attractive mugs to the store? Oh, God. Ooh. Something else to get me weird looks at work. <laughs> <laughs> Something to hold while you frame your boobs by the water cooler. I already have one that makes it look like I'm calling myself a 10. <laughs> yeah, that's always been problematic. The 10 window stickers. I think I had one in my window for a while, and it led to a lot of disappointment. <laughs> On the face of, of other drivers. Depending on the part of town, I wasn't even within three or four of that number. <laughs> How were you at the Jubilee, though? Uh, I was pretty hot. Yeah. You know, like a Jubilee cause, seven cause and I a had half? Limo, I had pretty much limo service. You know, I had, so you want, you want to get from point A to point B, just get with me because I have, I have the carts. And everybody else was upwards of 70 there? Uh, I felt tough. I'm not going to say that I couldn't have, you know, kicked a little ass among the grandparents and, and bewildered grandchildren that were dragged to the Jubilee. At a party for a highway. Uh, I guess it's a baptism of the highway. I thought it was more of a debutante situation. Did, did someone smash a bottle of champagne on it? Well, you know, we were talking about this uh, in the chat a little bit, and then I talked about it with Emily, too. It was like, we we're trying to get the order between... Ball, gala, jubilee, and cotillion. Mm. And I think Emily said ball is the top. Yes. And uh, yeah. the top of that list. Yeah. That's where you're trying to get to, like the oilman's ball. Yeah. <sighs> um, but the way to get there is is from the bottom on the list. You have to go to the cotillions. And you have to practice and you have to like get into the Yeah, aren't know, those like practice pipelines? Like for yeah, for children yeah. or teenagers, yeah. So the cotillion, and then then you get into the uh, like the jubilee level, you know, where it's just you know just short of like hot dogs and hayseeds, and then you step up to gala, which is Bobby territory. He goes to a lot of galas. Yep. Yep. He puts himself in that um, vest and and heads on to the gala. Um, what else is in there? Is there are there other levels? I mean, Bobby, you know this. You 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 mix in these. High societies and Meredith. I mean, you you got into the high society a little bit in Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. Dallas. Well, the cotillion's definitely still a thing. The quinceañera is definitely a thing. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna get ethnic on it. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Well, these are variants. You know, you've got to accommodate. Right. Um. You know, I think below. You know, the the near the bottom is the box social. Never forget about the box social. Oh, what about a sock hop? Oh, what's the. <laughs> Cakewalk? That's a thing. Why you gotta why you gotta rub it in my face, Meredith? I can never go to a sock hop again. I mean it's not nice. You didn't think that might be triggering for me, the sock hop? You can walk, Mike. I've seen it. But socks are not necessary. (laughs) Nope. No longer necessary. Didn't come home from the uh, boiling hot um uh Jubilee uh needing to change my socks from from yeah, that's nice. It's very nice. Bright side. You've got it. stump privilege. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you've also got the soiree. That's the other big one. Oh! Where is does that, that fall? Better than a ball? Or is it after ball? No, I think it's... Um, yes, it's a, it's, a, it's a segment on a Slate podcast about sports. Yeah, right, uh, after balls. No, well, I think, I think a soiree can be lighter fare. I think when you go to a... When you go to a ball, there's a dinner party contingent in a soiree. Oh. You can just have appetizers and drinks. A soiree has more mingling. 
Yeah. It sounds more breezy and fun. Right. Well, I mean, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, listeners, send us more party types and we will continue to <laughs> suss them out. <laughs> um, would somebody like to read Carolyn's? I'll read Carolyn's. Carolyn says, Every story Luke tells in 2906, which I believe was Wednesday, is about him being slightly annoyed at someone not doing anything to him. So why he chose to apologize for one, I don't understand. I I don't know uh, exactly what Carolyn was referring to because I sure as hell wasn't going to go back and listen. But I do remember that she is right, that he has a lot of stories about being annoyed at somebody who's not actually doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was the guy in the in the vegan restaurant who couldn't get it through his head that they didn't have cream and that uh, they they weren't serving uh, uh, Alaskan cod or Pollock. Right, we have their... that on the list for to discuss in detail. Okay, so I think that might be what she was referring to, but I'll hold my powder for the yeah. rest of it. Okay. All right. Wow, it's amazing how time flies. Housekeeping. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> well, let's uh let's go into some week in review. I have titled the first segment of Mice and Money Pits, and I'm very pleased with myself for coming up with that. Nice. Um Burbank Springs is getting a new roof, and Thursday was proof positive of that because for once we absolutely could hear all the hammering. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. weird. It was really loud. They must have been working directly over his mm-hmm. office. Since they had the worst home inspector probably in the history of home inspection ever, was anybody surprised that the the first roofing tile they pulled off, they found rot and ruin under directly underneath? I mean, this is consistent with everything that's happened in this house from the beginning. I applauded Carrie's choice to just peace out oh, yeah. for this whole process. Mm-hmm. She was, I mean, Luke travels so much that I, I would think a, a giant portion of the house responsibilities fall on her. So her taking the opportunity to be like, I'll be at my parents. <laughs> I thought that was a very good move by her. Leave Luke to deal with their falling apart house for once. That's what I did with my kitchen reno. And then I just stayed that's true <laughs> you liked it so much you thought oh maybe i'll just do I'll this just instead stay here yeah oh way to stoke those flames on the stens page meredith i don't care oh god yeah <laughs> they're all god, they're gonna die in gonna... australia everyone's getting divorced blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they're fine but i mean they have you you know they're working on your house and they say oh well you know, we can put a new roof on here, but this whole, you know, your building is going to collapse if you don't pay all this money for us. To, yeah. And what do you, you know? know? You can't be like, well, actually, that's not true. Yeah. Let me get up there. Let me get up there. Let me grab a flashlight. And, you know, no, we don't. We don't want Luke on the roof. We've had that already. Oh, my goodness. We were scared to death the yeah. whole time. Luke on the roof sounds like a terrible elf on the shelf knockoff for the TBT elephant swag. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, also in house news, Olive, the killer cat, caught 
what they think is a deer mouse and presented it to them. But of course, it was still alive, as all her prey is these days. And they decided they were going to take it to that wild animal sanctuary the next day. So they put it in a cardboard box uh, for the night. And then when they got the box to the sanctuary and opened it up, no mouse. So they're confident it's not in the car, but... This is why they're going to die in Australia. He doesn't have a lick of sense. (laughs) Of course, that mouse was probably out of that box in five minutes. Yep. Why didn't he just put it outside? Yeah, that would have been, you know. Now it's in their house. Walk it some reasonable distance away from the house. Because they figured it was terrorized by Olive and now it would just be prey for any other animal. So they figured they'd, you know, take it to a nice animal hotel. Yeah, here's what happens at the... uh, when you when you turn the the deer mouse in at the shelter, there are lots of uh, animals at the shelter that eat mice. Yep. So, ooh, that is a good point. I hate to get too gruesome on it, but uh, you know, someone lost a python. Uh, hmm. <laughs> someone just turned in a tit mouse. Hmm. How <laughs> how are ever going to feed these animals? Well. Well, we got to throw your phone from Sam on this, who says, listening to Luke underestimating mice and throwing my phone, my in-laws own a series of pet stores in Madrid. Nice. And once had a box of mice in transport between stores, which chewed through the box and got into (laughs) the body of the car. The mice chewed the hell out of the car wiring, turning a very safe mid-sized Ford into a rodent-laden death trap. (laughs) Luke is making a sizable mistake, thinking it could only be in the house. Never underestimate rodents. Yeah. And Luke Mm -hmm. said he is pretty sure it got into, what did he call it, the underneath the storage area that he believes is sealed off from the rest of the house. Come on, Luke. That's not going to keep a mouse out? That you have a door that's closed? Nope. The good news is eventually the smell is going to drown out the dryer smell. You'll you'll get the smell of rotting (laughs) insulation and poop and and dead mice in the walls. And then you won't have to worry about their dog hair cooking in your dryer. True. I mean, hopefully it wasn't a pregnant mouse. And it'll know, just die alone and unloved in the walls. But if there are babies. When Sam was talking about the box of mice, I was like, yeah, there's probably four pregnant. Yep. <laughs> there are four pregnant mice in there. Yep. So. That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to start rescuing those. No. They're cute. They are cute. They're very cute. I looked up deer mice just to see what they look like. I like mice. Cute little yeah. icy mice. Let's go on to bigger, badder, scarier things by throwing another cliche on the Barbie. And I'm going to do a little bit of editing to your your text here. I hope you won't be offended. We'll um, see. Noted <laughs> meat sweater Andrew plans to wear the same shirt for a week in Australia. A week? For real? You know, I didn't take uh, it that way. I think week. I thought he was saying he was going to bring several versions of the same shirt. That's what I thought, too. No. But I, I, thought that, no. I thought it was Luke. Right, that. and that that was what Luke said. Second half here is Luke bought okay. new uniforms, so he just like in trips past, yeah, will wear bought the six same black Everlane right. T-shirts. Right, yeah, that's not a bad strategy. I mean, no, that's... but Andrew talked for a while about how he's always been a T-shirt and overshirt guy mm-hmm. because I guess he was concerned that his moobs 
would show through if he only had one layer. And he's right. decided to ditch the T-shirt. He's been doing that more and more. It's fine. I respect that. But then he said, I'm not really a very sweaty, stinky guy. And talked about how he was had this one shirt that was kind of Western snaps down the front and stuff. And he was going to wear that for the whole weekend. And he said, and I might take a couple more shirts if we go somewhere nice for dinner in the evening. Hmm. But on the road, he's planning to wear the same shirt for minimum of five days. Gross. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. And he says he's not sweaty except for all the times it's come up that he is. Right. Right. T-shirts don't take up that much real estate in a bag. You can roll them up into almost nothing. Just bring like three. That would be fine. Well, you find Australia. I mean, check a bag. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, I don't know about treat yourself about if this is for everybody. But when I fly, there's just something about all the temperature changes. I have to just throw away whatever I was wearing on the plane. Like, there's no re-wearing that when I get to my destination. Forget it. You know, also, not to be wasteful, but if you're flying halfway around the world, um, you could also just go to whatever Australian Walmart is, you know, Dingo Mart, and just buy five. <laughs> Jesus. Just, just buy a buy a multi-pack of, of cheap. Wallaby Mart. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cheap t-shirts and just wear them and then just mm-hmm. toss them after. If you must. Ah, the Pesca. Yeah, yeah, do a pesca. If if you can't take your five shittiest t-shirts to just dispose of along the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's funny, though, how when you travel, everything feels like you're going to Mongolia. At least it does for me. Oh, yeah. Like, I have to pack everything I could possibly need. Not that I'm an overpacker, but I just don't want to be in the hotel room and open it up and be like, ah, oh, shit. Even if I'm, like, in London or wherever where it's they speak english and i'm in a city and i could easily find somewhere to shop i just like it's a decision that's too much for me so i don't know if maybe andrew's um stress level is so high he 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 just can't go to ruarama or wherever he's gonna buy some cheap (laughs) t-shirts well i i reiterate you are flying halfway around the world you're you're flying for 16 hours or whatever it is. Um, don't don't be put off by the extra 15 minutes of waiting for your bag that could have everything you could possibly need in it yeah. to, to arrive yep. at the baggage claim. Agreed. I'm I've I've gotten very lean on my packing and I don't I haven't checked a bag in a long time. But in this situation, yeah, I would be like fucking Tom Hanks in in Joe versus the volcano. I would have like ten trunks, steamer trunks, and you know I would trail them behind my Nissan Qashqai. <laughs> I have this en- I have these comically enormous suitcases that I have only used once, and it was when I went to Italy, and it was because it was for three weeks, and yeah. it was a lot of that was going to be in a part of the country where there's not a lot of stuff. There's no convenience stores. There's not like easy laundry, like everyone's scrubbing their laundry in a bucket, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So I did pack like a ton of stuff, but I kind of regret, cause what do I do with those suitcases now? I have them in my attic and all I've ever used them for is moving. Mm-hmm. Right. Ugh. Anyone want a giant suitcase? Hit me up. <laughs> If I go to Australia, I'll take okay. a, pack some extra legs in case these break. Uh, Larima, they discover, has no internet, so they're going to pre-record Friday's show 
and then post the Larimer show on Monday, which also buys them some buffer after returning from Australia. I think this is the first decent idea they've had Mm -hmm. for this whole trip to have Monday's content ready to go instead of doing, they were talking about how they were going to fly home and then record a show for Monday exhausted. That was a terrible idea. So this is much better. Uh, Luke wants Andrew to commit to doing a, quote, shooey in Australia. Not surprisingly, Andrew refuses. Gross. Yep. I would never. It all depends on the shoe. Would you do this, Anne? It all depends on the shoe. (gasps) Gross. I might. I mean, the beer is a non-starter for me because I don't drink. But the shoe is not a problem, really. Maybe a LaCroix from Justin Trudeau's, you know, Mm. loafer. (laughs) I don't really like LaCroix. If it was the last Diet Coke uh, in Australia. Diet Coke, right? I would drink it out of anything. (laughs) (laughs) You'd you'd slurp it down, sharing it with a scorpion. Let's get in here. (laughs) We're both thirsty. Shall we move on to Entitled Etiquette? This is my favorite thing that happened this week. Um, Luke was uh, annoyed by this boomer at a vegan restaurant who didn't understand that vegan means no animal products and who monopolized the workers time without any consideration for all the other people waiting for service. And I'm not sure if I can say it better than Katie did. She sent us a throw your phone that says, I really enjoyed the discussion of Looper two in which Luke meets future Luke at a vegan cafe in Bellingham. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's starting to get a little bit more aware, like a little bit more self-aware lately um as we've discussed and i think he knows like his comment about new york how it's full of people like him and he hates it um uh-huh. i think he sort of get, is starting to understand what happens when people flaunt the rules and, and disregard norms like he likes to do and how it affects other people and he's he's what 42 43 just starting to figure this out but at least you know at least he's getting there um sam sent a throw your phone i think i speak for a lot of us when i say there's a special kind of schadenfreude one feels listening to luke describe meeting a luke in the wild so delighted to hear him experience phone throwing frustration and then in parentheses at least he has a light phone for backup (laughs) yeah he spent a fair amount of time justifying how he was not like this guy yeah because he just did one thing and he only asked one question Right. I I would say that if you feel the need to justify it this hard, yep, you're probably closer than you'd like to be. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to defend Luke. Go for it, Mike. Um, I think they went a little hard at him. I, he was just telling a story about a guy who was just legitimately frustrating to watch. Uh-huh. I, I don't know that Luke has ever been that bad of a violator in that type of situation because you know he seems a little bit more of aware of his surroundings than this this other guy was but um i don't know i we get accused of being mean and cruel and and piling on luke all the time but you know sometimes i think it's i feel badly be sorry i feel bad because I seem to have helped create an environment where we all pile on Luke all the time <clears throat> when I often because probably because I'm middle-aged white guy <laughs> I I often don't find too much fault with uh with what he's doing but and, and and this is one of those cases I mean he's just telling a tale about this guy we all know this guy we've all seen this guy 
this this guy who's got nothing on his plate today. You know, this is it. This is the highlight. He's going to check out the new vegan restaurant that he doesn't understand. So, you know, um, we have to be tolerant of these people. At least he got a good story out of it. That's all I got to say. Well, he had a front row seat. He had the luxury of just being an audience member. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, that's worth it when you encounter something like that. It's like, it may cost me 10 minutes, but this is fucking great. This is great theater right here, what's happening. But I got nothing going on, so I have the time to spare. Tangents upon tangents. They talk about uh, Game of Thrones. Um, they, they they did a decent job overall tra- keeping the Game of Thrones talk off of the regular show, but occasionally it did, uh, they did dip in a little bit. At least, I mean, I think it's legitimate to talk about it in the terms of its cultural relevance just not the details right well if they'd ever actually gotten around to having the discussion about the cultural relevance instead of spiraling off onto 12 different topics including ballers <laughs> uh yeah i i'm the only one here who watches game watched game of thrones and watches ballers so there's no need to get into a lot of that talk here i've had people um, recommend ballers though should I shortly? I mean, not that I ever get to anything. Although I have to say, the twist at the end of the NCIS season finale was pretty amazing. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's not hyperbole. Ducky was the real killer. <laughs> Ducky is never the real killer. Although, who knows? Maybe next season. No, but ballers, really. Well. I would say for you, Bobby, I would recommend it because it, there's a big sports element to it. I mean, it's about a guy who retires and becomes a sports agent. He's The Rock, you know. So The Rock is appealing to lots of people. Um, I'm just there kind of for the for the sports and the cameos and all that stuff. It's not a it's not a badly written show. Um, on the on the plus side, big time plus side. Uh, um, Denzel Washington's kid, whose name I can never remember. Um, this this is the show that has made him a star. Um, that got him the Black Klansman, and now he's like big time. Probably wouldn't even do Ballers now, if it if it were starting over. <clears throat> but um, on the negative side, it is a really terrible um, uh, representation. Is the wrong word, but. The Rock is an opioid addict in in the in the TV show. Um, what there are a couple of things very unrealistic about it is he drifts in and out of being an opioid addict, uh, and then also when he decides that he is an opioid addict or the script decides he is, he opens up a bottle of pills and just pours them into his mouth and then eats them. <laughs> he just, just crushes them. So he's you know he's the them. cookie monster of opioids. It is fucking so stupid and and. And like, like it's like when an alcoholic looks at a show like um, the the movie. What was one where Nicolas Cage drank himself to death? Leaving Las uh, Vegas. Leaving Las Vegas. Right. And whenever they want to quickly establish that someone's an alcoholic, they have them like drinking half a bottle of vodka on one pull. You know, while they're driving their car. Was no, no, no. I mean, Jeremy can tell you. No, they just drink all day yeah. and then they pass it out. It doesn't have to pants, be that dramatic. Right? It's not. It never is. It's not. And that's not how the pills thing work either. Because, oh, well, I'm an opioid addict, but I haven't had them in 28 days because I haven't had the prescription. But now that I have it, I'm just going to pour this entire bottle into my mouth. Right. No. No. You've got to portion that stuff out. So, 
I worked with a gal once. She was young. She was maybe 20 and not very responsible. And she ran out of her birth control uh, for a few days. So when she... I don't like where this is going. <laughs> she got the new prescription. She took like four at once to make oh, it. crushed it. Oh, and she crushed got it. so sick. Oh, she did. Ugh. Yeah, but no babies were getting out of her. That's for sure. She was still having sex with her boyfriend in the interim, let me tell you that. Oh, my God. Ugh. Good thing her Christian parents didn't find <sighs> out. Okay, so uh, we get to throw your phone from... Uh, is it Brie? Is yep. that how you pronounce this? Mm-hmm. Brie. Oh, sure. Ignore slash misunderstand basic science in most of everyday life, but definitely get on your high horse when considering the unrealistic heat transfer of dragons. <laughs> and this is from the very dramatic scene where the dragon um, decides to melt the Iron Throne instead of uh, instead of um, Jon Snow. I did not listen to Ice and Spoilers, but I know exactly how that conversation went. I don't even watch the show, and I thought that Throw Your Phone was funny. Well, I, I, I must admit I had the same feelings. I was like, you're too close, man. <laughs> you're too close. You can't witness someone melting the Iron Throne from, from five feet away. You, you need to get at least a half a mile away, or you're going to melt. Anyway. <laughs> Totally unrealistic <laughs> dragon action. <laughs> but uh, Br- Brie, um, I just thought it was funny that she was the one who did a throw your phone on um, Game of Thrones because I the only thing that really got confusing for me was how many characters, how many short short named characters with B were on that show. There was there was Bran who ended up being the king of everything or whatever. Do we need to bleep that? How long has it been? Spoiler alert. Okay. Oh, the most boring thing happens. So there's your spoiler. <laughs> Bran, and then there's Brienne of Tarth who becomes mm, Sir Brian, I think. Uh-huh. Because you couldn't, because if you're a knight, you have to be a sir, even though she was definitely a, a lady. Uh, Bron, and then, yeah, Bren, Bron, Brian. I think there was even more. And I was like, come on now, George R. R. Martin. Can we switch it up a little bit, you know? The TV show even changed some of the names because they were they were too similar. There too was close. a character named Asha and a character named basically Asha. An oh, A no, no, versus no. an Other o. Asha. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Asha, they changed to Yara. She was one of the Iron Islands people. She's Theon's sister, right? Okay, you're you're Asha, and you're Asha that's going to get killed soon. So, um, we'll just you're Asha too. Okay, now you're on. <laughs> well, I how realistic is it to think that nobody in that world would have the same name? But to for them all to become characters on the main stage, you know, of like the final eight or nine. Well, they're all naming up. their kids after each other. This King Robert. And so Rob Stark is named after him, and Robin Aaron is named after him. And there's Bob Stark, <laughs> Jack exactly. Stark, uh, Dave Stark. Uh, Ned's brother Brandon is the. I like that there was a Ned. For Bran. He made Ned cool again. Yeah, he did. Give me a small room of women, and prove to me that not at least two of them are named Sarah or Jenny, or Kate. Yeah, mm, or Kate. Depends on the era. True. True. We had forty Emilys in my class. 
you got a lot mm-hmm. of um later on you have a lot of madisons mm-hmm. a lot of michaela's yeah uh let's go to dream catcher catcher um one of the shows this week opens up with them just talking about their dreams and so they decide to go for it and um i guess uh Vives has been studying how to lucid dream and this was something i was really interested in when i was like 14 i thought it would be super cool to try to do this and i i have done it on accident a couple of times have you guys ever done this yes um yes. not possibly i'm not sure rarely you're like oh i'm in a dream i'm gonna because st- mine is always flying that's always what i go to and so i was like i'm gonna fly around and i did mm-hmm. and it was pretty fun so it, it is kind of cool i had one once where i was getting a massage and I was fully aware that I was on the massage table, but I was also kind of having a dream at the same time, which is not the same thing, I don't think. That's like that half awake kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's when, I think that's when you're kind of, um, that's a good situation for lucid dreaming, when you have a little uh, bit of consciousness. Yeah. May uh-huh. I have some of your drugs, please? <laughs> <laughs> because i so i, have I had never a period, had this experience i there was a period in my life probably about five to six seven years um right kind of before i met emily and right after where i i had lucid dreams not constantly but you know every week or two i would have a, a lucid dream and it was not it was not um glorious it wasn't like i got to fly i got to like you know, change the world or, or create a world like Inception or whatever, you know, it was just me behaving really poorly when I found out that I was in uh, a lucid dream. A consequence-free environment. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Boy, did I behave poorly. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I'm not sure it. I want to hear so great. any more about it. No, I won't. I won't go into yeah, any details, but it was good. all welcome. It was all, I made sure it was all well, all the advances were Oh, welcome. that's nice. Dream You're not getting like, a lot of resistance yeah. in your dreams, are you, Mike? It, it's not like Japanese porn where it has to be, oh, no, oh, you know, blurkle me out. You know, don't. Okay, okay, okay. Is okay. this like, is this like pushing through an sure. Ambien? Is this like <laughs> taking an Ambien and then forcing yourself I don't know. To I've never away? had an Ambien. I, I, I just, I think if I took Ambien, yeah, that would probably be a hot mess. I took too. Ambien for a very brief period and I, I did one thing, because the thing with Ambien is it's not lucid dreaming. You're not even aware of it. You're just, you know, walking uh, around doing true. stuff. You're not even enjoying and it. And you don't even know, right. you don't remember it. You have no awareness. I got up and got a blanket out of the closet in the night and put it on my bed because I must have been cold and I had zero recollection. I was like, that's it. I'm done. I'm never taking Ambien again. Which <laughs> 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 is about the most benign sleepwalking you can do. I had a friend uh, who, whose husband really loved it when she took Ambien. Because um, she would just get freaky, just get, and she wouldn't remember it, you know. I keep trying to steer us away from this. Um, the the other part okay. of Dreamcatcher is I'm talking. This is real talk. I'm talking <laughs> real. <laughs> trying to get roll. They were dreaming about about going number one and number two, and they're in their dreams, and they're worried that it'll translate into the real world. This is such a common dream. Like you, you wake up early yep. in the morning because yeah. you got to pee and you have a dream about peeing. Right. You don't actually pee because your body's got ways to shut that whole thing down when you're sleeping. Yeah, but every time I have a moment where I have to check. Mm. Really? See, I just never. Yep. 
It never occurs to me that it's real. <laughs> the minute that I wake up, just that first split second, I think, did I? Go no. check the bed. No. Yep. Nope. Just sweat. Too, too much. Too much information. <laughs> this has gotten way grosser than I thought it was. Can we move on? Yes. Sure. Uh, let's go to news. What did you use. think I was going to do in my know. lucid dream? I mean, you thought I was going to like. I didn't need you to tell me. Get elected president. And, you know, start a charity. You know. News now. you can you use. <laughs> Zip it. And it's going. Brazil. Um, one of the actual news stories of the week, some person that they categorized as a supervillain in New York City is riding on the backs of subway trains, breaking into the control booths and pulling the emergency brakes just apparently to screw up people's days. That is pretty Should evil. Be a bounty on this guy. Yeah. yeah. More like super dick. Uh, and it's, it's been a, a, he's almost gotten caught once or twice, but then he fades Fades into the night like the master criminal that he can, is. Can we once have a woman do something like this? Maybe it is. I mean, we don't know. Why does it always have to be us? Uh, it's there's a no man. Way. It might be a female no, it's a person. Man. <laughs> there's just there's just no way. It, why do we? Why are we as guys have to do shit like this? Because women are busy taking care of all your shit. So that you have the time to go and mess around with this. To wear your underpants on the outside so we got to wash them. (laughs) We're doing your laundry. We're making you food. We're making the appointments for the kids to go to the dentist. We're doing all of that labor. And you guys are riding around on subway cars and making life more difficult for everybody else. That's just what the breakdown of labor is. 50 grand to to the... Uh, rail passenger who throws him onto the third rail. Oof. <laughs> I'm sure no one would mourn him. Exactly. This is you would, awful. They'd carry you off on, on, on the shoulders. You'd be the new out, mayor out of New York street. City. Yes, that's right. Yeah, especially in New York, nobody would mm-hmm. have a problem yeah. with his demise. Um, second story is that Patagonia, who does those... What do they call them? Power vests that all the tech bros wear. They've decided that they will no longer partner with unethical companies or companies whose values they disagree with and do custom name drops for them. So they're not going to be allowed to advertise their disgustingness on Patagonia merchandise. Way to go, Patagonia. You can take the cash hit on that and you're happy with it. Do your thing. Mm-hmm. Going to have to only wear vintage shitty brands on Patagonia vests now. We're going to have to dig them out of storage. Your your <laughs> Halliburton Patagonia vests, your, mm-hmm, your, your mm-hmm, Enron mm-hmm. vest. That's a different kind of vest, though. I don't really think... Would Idris Elba still look good in an Enron vest? I'm yes. sure he would. <laughs> true, true. Yes. He could wear it upside down. People wouldn't even fucking notice. <laughs> Too handsome. Yeah, he could to wear fail. it as pants. Yeah, yeah. There's a Idris Elba. Seriously, we're really vest heavy this week. I don't think it's Vested. a bad thing. Uh, finally, in news you can use, a meteorologist named George Flickinger, which Luke really enjoyed, uh, from Lynchburg, Virginia, uh, lectured all the viewers who complained that they went to tornado warnings during the uh, seven, seventh game 
playoff between the Blazers and the Nuggets, which apparently was a real barn burner. Um, but they didn't even preempt the entire game. They just split screened it so that he could warn them all about the approaching tornadoes. I'm with George. Yeah, me too. I'm with George. I mean, they didn't, they, you can still watch the thing, right? It's probably mm-hmm. a little bit frustrating that it's all squished, but it's still there. I mean, you can't hear what they're saying, but come on. Are the commentators saying anything worthwhile? No. no. I'm anti-George. <laughs> of course, uh, I knew, I knew mainly, you would be. Not for the sports. No matter what I was watching, I wouldn't want tornado warnings. Because you can't do shit. You can go to your basement. You, know? you don't have you a could, basement you could, in Texas. You could. You could. I could go hide somewhere in the tub or whatever and then just... Than just be on my phone looking for more tornado warnings. <clears throat> Dude, when the tornado comes for you, it comes for you. You know? Might as well be enjoying the fucking basketball game when it comes for you. Uh, so we've got three votes for with George and one vote for the Christie retirement plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's my thing about breaking in on programming is that nobody likes it, right? But yeah. I had an experience when I was a senior in college. I came home one day. I'm all ready to watch Another World. That was my soap at the time. Ah, NBC gal. Yep. I think it was on at two in Cleveland. I, it was, I was so excited. I was ready. I wanted to see what happened to Lila and Cass this, this week. And it was preempted with some news event. Mm. And it was Katie Couric talking about something. And there was all this footage and nothing was going on. And I was so angry that they yep. canceled my soap for this. <laughs> it was Columbine. Ooh. So Ooh. once I figured out the importance of what happened, I felt real bad. I was just about to ask you if it was 9-11. <laughs> Shit. Nope. It was Columbine. Pretty bad. And so ever since then, I remember that, and I remember how bad I felt for getting mad at that, and I don't. But you not getting to watch Another World wasn't going to bring those kids back. So, you know, you could have had a time to mourn, but also a time to enjoy your... What were Nick and Nora? Who's the, who, who are Cass the and Lila. Cass and Lila. Let's get you up to speed on that. And then we can get the news later. The newspaper's coming. Well, you could say the same thing for any sports event. You can say the same thing for earthquake warnings or tornado warnings. I mean, or, you know, it's like... Uh, okay. There's there's a tornado about to hit your house. Oh well, let me go over to the. Whoosh. No, you're done. You're gone. Well, it's to give you time to get into the time. storm cellar or the into the time. bathtub with the mattress over your head. You got to grab Abby and throw her in the bathtub with you. You ever see Think a story where someone says, "Well, th- thank God I was watching the the TV when uh, when the tornado came." Well. Why are you watching the, if you're really concerned, why aren't you already in the doorway or in the tub or in the storm cellar? Why are you, you know, in the mountain room, you know, trying to enjoy the Nuggets Blazers game seven? (laughs) Maybe you live so far out in the country that you can't hear the sirens. (sighs) I'm very frustrated. Let's do TBTL friendos. I didn't get more support on this. I I don't know where you're going to find it. So, mm-hmm. TBTL friendos, we get a couple this week. One, Phyllis, Phyllis Friday, 
Phyllis uh, playing hype man, or I guess hype female person to Luke and Andrew's <laughs> oh, kickoff of the TBTL on Friday. Phyllis uh, stopped by Walsh Walsh and Dormat before driving them to the airport, which I told her she should submit her receipts for. She works oh, for yeah. APM. This should be, mm-hmm. those should be taxed, you know, uh, reimbursable miles driving them to the airport and back. Uh, and she came on to help them push the TBTL thon. She was the first donor this year because she did it while she was sitting there talking <laughs> to them. <laughs> because, of mm-hmm. course, she did. <laughs> Nobody is a better fun drive pitcher oh, than man. Phyllis Fletcher. Right. Philanthropist Phyllis, all over it. Uh, and we get a voicemail from Stubot, uh, wanting to clarify the TBTL line of succession uh, because Luke and Andrew are most definitely going to die in Australia. <laughs> yeah, because people always die of driving rental cars from gas station to gas station. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is Luke we're talking about. Come on, you have to concede. There's a decent chance he's going to do something dumb. Well, he he does something dumb at a gas station every time because he doesn't seem to know how to... He, he sticks a matchbook or his keys in, into the thing to keep the flow going when there's <laughs> That's a... true. Throws a his lap that does yeah. that on every fucking gas... He throws his big wad of cash That's under me. the car for safekeeping and drives away. <laughs> <laughs> I think Emily's comment was... he. He's going to Australia with $500 credit? Yes. <laughs> and you know he doesn't have an APM card, right? No, he's not allowed to have an APM card. Right. So it's, we will see. Uh, I hope they took cash out. I hope that they, well, we'll find out. Because the, the jam conversion rate uh, in, for Australia is, is, is pretty costly. Well, the know? bank fees on ATM withdrawals alone. Oh, yeah. yeah. $25 a jam here, but when you're in Australia, the, the, your jams are much more costly because not only you're overseas, you're not a citizen, um, you don't know who any good vendors to get you out of jams, you know, it's it, it could get really messy. So you need more than $500 credit. I've never, since I've never been to Australia, I've never thought about it. They have different power outlets, don't they? Do you think that they, do you think that Luke's, uh, do you have to plug in the laser baldness helmet to charge it? Hmm. <laughs> I think Andrew brought that up early on as something he needed to remember to get. Oh, okay. I think so. I think what happens is if you plug it into the wall, then the the um, the wall starts to grow hair, <laughs> and 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 your hair recedes further. Uh, breaking news: twenty five United States dollars equals thirty six Australian dollars and nine Australian cents. Mm. See, so yeah. a jam is is thirty six dollars. Mm-hmm. Already more expensive, just just on its face. You're not going to get a favorable exchange rate, though, at some gas station in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> no. <laughs> Got to remember that. That's true. Yeah. If they even have ATMs in the outback. Right. True. I'm sure there'll be plenty more Australia talk next week on the recap. Unless we find a way to magically Thanks. avoid it. <laughs> Um, and we weren't in the line of succession for TBTL. I mean, I guess that's I for the best, but Shocker. none of us. No, no, I thought that. How did it go? It oh was, my god! It was Nora, then Kiki Lolo, then Phyllis, yep. right? Hannah Brooks Hannah. Olsen, and then Stu, mm-hmm. right? Is there anybody else that should be included in that conversation? Christy, 
Uh, yes. Chris, Chris Hayes was number six. Chris Hayes oh, was Chris, Chris Hayes. That's right. Chris Hayes was right after Stu. I believe it was <laughs> MSNBC's Christopher Hayes. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, then th- that's flat out insulting. I'm glad I didn't listen to the end of that show. <laughs> All right. Final thoughts. Any particularly good spoofs or terrible jokes? I didn't note anything. Yeah, I forgot to All right. take any notes this week. I think we agree that the Must Listen episode is Friday, number 2908, with Phyllis. I'm going to go listen to it now. Start of the <laughs> TV telethon. <laughs> Phyllis had some very touching things to say, as always about the TV Tailathon and why she loves the TENS community. And it's just nice to hear her voice. Oh, and Carrie was a reluctant mm-hmm. player on Very this reluctant episode, too. Yes. Yeah. Kind of got dragged into answering some some things, doing a little bit of talking. But it's nice to hear from her as well. All right. Housekeeping. You can buy stuff from us. Uh, all kinds of really awesome merch at littleredbandwagon.com. You can work on the archive project if you like um, with the aforementioned uh, Christy, who's not on the succession list, which I think is a travesty of six shams of four mockeries. Yeah, but Bran wasn't on the succession list either. And look how that turned out. Yeah, all she needs to do is just sit quietly and roll her eyes back and eventually the world will <laughs> will come to you. I don't know if you've noticed, but that is usually what she's doing in our chat. Yes, <laughs> that's true. That is true. A lot of eye rolling. Uh, uh, you can uh, buy stuff uh, from Amazon and we get uh, some pennies on those dollars. And that's at littleredbandwagon.com forward slash Amazon. Earbuds and earworms. Uh, this week, songs about France. Hmm. We come from that's France. <laughs> if my mom listened, she would love that. There's an Angel City song. We've talked about Angel City on the show. The the much superior brand to ACDC. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Australian hard rockers. And uh, and and their their biggest hit in the States probably got in, into the Billboard Top 5000, um, Marseille. Mm. So take me away to Marseille, folks. If you want to get involved with the show, our website is littleredbandwagon.com. You can send us your throw or hug your phones at throwyourphone.com. Visit us on Facebook. Our show Twitter is LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. You can send us a voicemail or a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And fax Bobby your butt at 617-354-8513. And with that, Bobby, why don't you get us out of here? Certainly. Until next time, this is the next party. And I will say, I, I love you, Jen, and what was lost, one thing that was lost last week is I, I mentioned that I got to meet the butt faxer in Seattle, so that was a, it was quite an honor, and uh, he was really in the dark about what we were looking at, uh, so um, he, he enjoyed our, our breakdown of the, the butt fax as much as we enjoyed doing it. <laughs> love you, Jen. Nailed it? <laughs> sure.
I would never look at him and be like, what a corpulent fellow. Yeah. <laughs> I do feel like that's going to be good cut out of context. <laughs> <laughs> 